The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 165th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin. I'm the host of this lovely show, and I just killed a moth as we speak because one was flying around my computer desk as I was saying that intro. I got him, so I don't got to worry about it. My name is Austin Summers once again, host of this lovely show. I'm back after being off last week because my schedule changed up, so I'm very glad to be back with my good buddy and good friend, the other host of this show, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? Dude, I am so happy you're back. I I I, I am so bad when you're not here. It's just, <laughs> I, it's like it's just like uh I'm just like you're the point guard. You are the quarterback of this offense and you know, I like to come in, sit on mute while you guide the place and then jump in with my comments. And then when you try to host, you just got to remember you kind of the path of the show and where it's going, and you're just so, so much, much more thinking. Yeah, it's just, you're just so much more natural at it. I'm just like, I just want to unmute and talk shit. That's what I want to do, and yeah, you allow me to do that. So I, I, I missed you. I missed you. Um, I missed you too. I thank you, Jay. Thanks, Jr. for being on the show as always. He's always willing. You know when uh, he's. Uh, when uh, you can't be on the show, he's always willing to jump on and give his thoughts. But I just like, man, it's a different show, a different feel when Austin's on here. So welcome back, sir. Um, oh, so I'm going to start with a little question because I asked a little poll on my own personal Twitter yesterday. So I want to get your thought. I don't I know. Saw if, that, I yeah. don't know if you voted. You did you vote? I did not vote. No, I haven't been on Twitter, but I did see the poll. Yes, and so I got to ask you, and I. And, and you don't know what side I'm on. So you you don't know, right? No. No, you have no idea what side I'm on, so I don't want you to think that I'm skewing uh my uh skewing is. So just based on card, like match for match, whatever, which card is better? Uh what happened twenty twenty one, the card that was presented, or the card that is planned for tomorrow? I'm actually going to pull up the uh, card from last year just to make sure I got it. I saw that. Uh, I, I believe Tiffany was the one who uh, tweet, who tweeted out. Well, that one had Cody, so that one's better. So yeah, I, I was like, 
was like, JR, that's a guaranteed vote there. Because uh, just yes. in general, because we know which way my buddy's going to vote. Okay. Well, first of all, you're already going up against quite possibly one of the hardest things you possibly could do because the match, the show literally opened with that 30 minute time limit draw between Omega and Danielson. So you're already fighting an uphill battle. Um, and then you got a Malachi Cody Rhodes match again. That one was huge. Sting and Darby against FTR, just crazy. Finished off with Dr. Britt Baker and Ruby Soho facing off against each other. Back when Ruby Soho was actually in the title picture. Wasn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, Feels that like was, it was just yesterday. That was, that was her title shot from winning the Battle Royal. I know. That's crazy. It yeah. just feels like, man, how much time passes and then all of a sudden nothing's changed. Or in fact, a lot has changed. But um, looking at what I have right now, I will say um, the four-way looks great. I think the, uh, the uh, ROH title match is huge. I think the tag match is great because honestly – the thing that's holding everything back is that singles wise, you know, you've got a lot of room for this, this to be really good. Um, I think this card overall for 2022, this year's card overall is more balanced and stronger. But I think in terms of like the best matches, I think you're finding that last year with Omega Danielson and then Malachi and Cody. And I just think that, you know, I think that one has the better matches. Of course, we haven't seen this week's one, but you know, I think this week's card might be better. But it's gonna—it's of course, like if you're gonna compare it to last year, you're—you've got a hard comparison with that opening match with Danielson and Omega, of course. So, all right. So just to let y'all know the results of the voting, it was fifty-seven and a half percent for twenty twenty-one. And 42.5% for 2022. The reason I did not want anyone to know which side we were on, because I didn't want it to be based on popularity, whether you like JR or me better, which everyone knows everyone likes me better. So it's not, you know, so I didn't really want to skew the votes that way. Um, I actually went with 2022. And that might shock a lot of people, because on last year's card was FTR and Cody, right? But if you look on this card, year's card, and I'm not like I'm just going card and we're going to do a detailed, a little more detailed preview. You have five matches on the show, right? All title matches, right? You you got a big Danielson and Mox match, right? Which is it. You can at least put it on card with Kenny Omega and Danielson, right? You have Jericho versus Cesaro. Right? You have a fatal four-way for the women's title where literally anyone could win. Orange Cassidy and Pac. You know, then you got swerving our glory between what I reluctantly, and I'm going to reluctantly say, it's probably the hottest tag team in AEW right now, the acclaimed. I just think paper, one against the other, 2022 is better. Now, I love FTR and Cody, of course, I worship the, these three men. <laughs> so, But if you look at the card, last year there wasn't a lot of stakes in any of the matches. Actually, there were no stakes. Danielson and Omega wasn't for the title. And it ended in a draw. You know? <laughs> it's like, and then you got, uh, you had MJF and Pillman, throwaway match. That's basically a dark, AEW dark or dark elevation match, right? You did have the big match with Malachi, uh, Malachi Black and Cody. And I honestly, 
don't even remember what happened in the match. So, cause, so I'm like, I am really like, uh, like, yeah, Malachi defeated Cody. And he, I remember he cheated. I think that was the first time he used the mist. Then you had Sting and Darby and FTR. Really, really solid match, but no stakes. Then you had Britain and Ruby. Singles match, right? So you had five matches last year. Two title matches. No, no, one title match. Four non-title matches. Five matches this year, five title matches. Every title, literally, I feel like every title can change hands. And you're going to get a guaranteed AEW World Champion. But I didn't want to make the defense. I really didn't. I didn't want me and JR's defenses out there or anything. I just wanted to see. And JR did win. I told him. I'm like, hey, you might win. Whatever. JR side won. That makes him right. He loves being right. I want to... Uh, and he he's never lost an argument ever. So y'all have continued his t uh, tire, tyrannical reign. But uh, no. Uh, I Like I said, it's just like, to me on paper... 2022 is way better. Than, it feels like they stepped it up from 2021. And it's just like, Omega and Danielson was big. And that's what I was going to, uh, that was where I was going to say. I felt like 2021 felt bigger and was marketed better than 2022. What do you think, Austin? No, I think I'm still, I'm still on your side, definitely. Just because, like I said, I think balanced-wise for this entire card, you know, because I love the tag match of getting Sting and Darby involved, but, like, again, you had a 30-minute match that took a good amount of that show. That's 25% of your show, and that's taken up by one match, a one amazing match. But regardless of the talent on the uh, rest of the card, like, MJF, Brian Pillman Jr., that match was absolutely the piss break match. I love MJF, but, I mean, like, this was the piss break match. Uh, you had Malachi and Cody, uh, which was good, um, but, you know, it was Cody losing because of cheating. Some people wanted Malachi to win clean, blah de blah blah Sting and Darby Allen, FTR, that's great. Still didn't go past 10 minutes. And then Britt Baker and Ruby Soho still wish... Ruby Soho would have gotten a chance, uh, like down the road to get another shot at the title. It is what it is, though. Um, but at least that was the longest match besides the opening match in the card. Uh, but I think balancing, like, like overall, overall, this card looks looks better than last year's card, in my opinion, for Grand Slam. But that's just me. You know what's so funny, and I'll tell you this straight voting you saw you know you saw how the vote was and you, yes. you see that and it's like oh man you know it seems like a big number but i think it was like 22 to 18 that's i mean that was the vote on the 40 so it was pretty close when you look at it 22 to 18 versus percentages uh yes. but every person that has asked me about it afterwards and we actually discussed it they were like oh well yeah 22 <laughs> Who's better? And I was like, you know what the big thing was? Because they remember 2021. They actually yes. had already seen it. And they remember how good that Danielson and, and Danielson and um, uh, Omega match was. Yeah. But they Everybody remembers that. You've already experienced it. It's already imprinted on you. So you're like, nothing can match that. But when I sit there and actually talk the card out, they're like, huh. 22 is better on paper, and which is all I was saying, because I don't, you know, I love 2021. I mean, 
I love AEW. I mean, doing a podcast. Yeah. We're, we're like, so I love AEW. So I'm not saying 2021 was bad, but I'm just saying, if you think about it, you're supposed to try to elevate the next card. And I think Tony really has this time. But we're going to talk about that later in on in previews. But I just, it was just kind of a cool little poll. Because JR was like, throw out a poll. And I was like, because I was like, I have a little wrestling group. And I was like, but I knew what my wrestling group was going to say. I was going to be able right. to make my discussion on my wrestling group. And they were going to be like, yeah, 2022. But yeah, uh, 2021, like, was great. And it felt bigger. It really did felt bi feel bigger. But it was just like, 2022, uh, 2022 doesn't feel as big, and I don't know whose fault that is, but it's actually a bigger show. I think I think the fault of that is the fact that people have been distracted by outside uh, things as opposed to the actual television product. And I, I think that's the, I, I think can, that's the reason why this card or th this build to Grand Slam doesn't feel as substantial, because right now. People aren't talking about AEW on television. They're talking about what's going on behind the scenes. Which is so funny to me because it's like it did get to a point and we got information. Now we did, we're like there hasn't been any new information. No. Like in a week. And people are still talking about it. And it's just like for me who I, I'm like I'm team punk. I always say that. But it's like I really do. The reason I'm team punk because it's sometimes I can be a contrarian. And I've just seen these overwhelming people. It's Punk's fault that this is happening. It's Punk's fault that this is happening. And I, I am not going to relitigate this at all. So I'm like, but it just feels like if you really try to just take out who you like better out of it, there's plenty of fault to go all, all around, you know? And it's just like, so it's just like, it's very Search weird. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Yeah, there's plenty. Yeah, there's plenty of fault to go around. I, you know, I'm like TK, Hangman, uh, you know, Punk, maybe Nakazawa, uh, Punk, Omega, Young Bucks. I was talking to a friend tonight, and I, and <laughs> did you not? Did you not even hear me say it could have been Nakazawa's fault all along? Yes, it's obviously Nakazawa's fault. No, uh, I'm just saying, man. Like, acknowledge when I'm making a joke. Yes. No, it was. Uh, I thought the joke was for everybody else, not for me. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I was I was talking to my friend Sam, and I was like, dude, because he was like, he's very much like, oh, it's the Bucks, and I'm like, so I was like, so what happens if? And I'm like, this is not me not being backstage or knowing anything that happened. What happens if if the Bucks say, you know what? I didn't like what he says. Let's draft up an email and set up a meeting for Wednesday afternoon before the show. Are we having any of these conversations? And I'm like, hindsight's 2020. I'm not emotional. I wasn't the one getting tough shit talked about me. So, of course, I can look at it with a clear head and say, this is what should have been done. But, hey, somebody just kind of went on the 20-minute rant and basically called you children and said you didn't aren't fit to manage a target, which, shout out to target people. Managing a target... Looks like it's fucking hard because people are annoying. <laughs> but um, yes, <laughs> like you have to deal with people, and people are annoying. So I, I, I want to be like that. I think I think it's pretty hard to manage a fucking target. But so I don't know the emotions I would be going through because I'm not them. You know what I mean? 
I didn't yeah. know if he had said this before and wasn't supposed to say it out loud. There's so much we don't know that would color the insides of everyone's actions. That's why I'm saying I'm not litigating it. I'm just kind of throwing out a different shades of it. But it's it's just it's weird to think about when you slow down and you think about all the different variables. You're like, there's no way you could say whose fault it is, really. Yeah. Well, again, people 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 know my thoughts on it. I don't need to go through my yeah. whole spiel with it again. I've said I've I've said what I've said about it, and I'm I'm quite I I said in the uh, in the little soundbite I sent over for you guys to play uh, for last week's episode. Yes. I I I ain't got nothing else to say until we get new information, which yes. we have not. Yeah, but the four of those men, I love them. Yep. CM same. Punk, CM Punk has given me some of the best memories I've ever had in professional wrestling. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have given me some of the best memories I ever had in professional wrestling. Like, I thought with those four in the same company, man, that's just going to be magic. And to me, that first year was pretty fucking amazing. So, uh, the fact is, I've always been on the side. I just want them to work it out. Time to be... You know, put the grown-up pants on and work it out. But maybe there is no working it out because that's it's the real world that we're dealing with. We'll we'll find out as new information comes out. And I honestly yep. say, until new information comes out, I am with Austin. Probably won't bring it up anymore. Yeah, I, that's really it. You know, <laughs> uh, we we like watching the TV show. Like, yeah, I, like I, mean, just, I, like... I love the TV show, and I I, I miss the world. I miss the world of. Uh, I missed the life where we just watched the show and just talked about how awesome AEW was every week. Right, exactly. But either way, we got to get into all of this AEW stuff to talk about as we lead into Grand Slam. That will be starting off tonight when you guys are hearing this. And of course, we're going to have a two-hour rampage for this upcoming Friday for Grand Slam week. But before we get to everything... We need to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to us on, you can share us with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really means the world. You can also leave an, a rating and a review to let us know how we're doing. But you can easily support us by following us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week, other than the fact that the Detroit Lions are now kings of the NFC North, is the fact that AEW Grand Slam is happening this week. And we've got a lot of excitement. We're going to give our whole preview for Grand Slam week for Dynamite and Rampage. Uh, it's going to be a wild week of AEW, I'm sure, with the crowning of a brand new AEW world champion, crowning of a brand new interim women's champion, a brand new All-Atlantic champion, and a brand new tag team champion and Ring of Honor champion. So lots of championships uh, being held up for grabs, as well as the TBS championship on Rampage. And you're also going to have a golden ticket battle royal as well on Rampage. So tons of stuff we're going to get to absolutely uh, loaded and uh tk said he wants this to be one of his he wants this to be the biggest dynamite show of the year he did not hesitate when he said this he wants this to be the biggest most important dynamite of the year so that's it seems like how it was booked 
and also too, uh, he also said like he he's not he's not prepared to like let the fans down on their uh, on their hype or anything like that. He's he said when have I like trying to like use his past booking uh, as a proof of like hey have I let you guys down before when it comes to putting these shows on? Which I mean it's pretty hard to point to a show where you've been like nah TK fucked up there like overall for a show he fucked up so. I think I think Tony Khan is really looking to make a statement with this week's uh, AEW programming. So I, I'm very excited to see how it goes. Um, but yeah, we'll get into our preview, our review actually, of last week's AEW Dynamite that took place from Albany, New York, which opened with the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions semifinal match between John Moxley and Sammy Guevara. Now. Sammy did a good job in this match. There was a lot of great uh, high-flying offense that he had and also great uh, character work as well between John Moxley and Sammy Guevara just fucking with each other. I especially loved as uh, Sammy chops uh, John Moxley and he proceeds to lie down and pose like Sammy Guevara and then get back up and just chop him right in the face. Like, just the biggest, like fuck you energy like what are you gonna do about it i'm a i'm a madman i'm i'm a wild thing um they did a lot of great work uh in this match uh of course every time sammy gets hit he goes flying all over the place ty mellow and anna jay got involved uh and tried to uh get get the cheap win with a low blow to moxley but regardless moxley still was able to kick out and after he was able to just start beating him down, uh, he went for a GTH. It was countered beautifully into a Death Rider, which eventually was able to get the pinfall for John Moxley. So Mox, one step closer to being world champion yet again, almost a three-time champion at this, at this point. So Moxley now had to look towards the main event of the show, which would be Jericho and Danielson to see, are we going to get Jericho Danielson once again? I mean, Jericho Moxley once again? Or are we getting Danielson Moxley once again? But this time, as they are officially BCC members, so it's a little different from the first time when we saw these guys bleed together. Dude, um, I really wanted Sammy to win. I mean, I figured Mox was going to win. I was almost 100% sure Mox was going to win. But, you know, in wrestling, sometimes I just like, man, you got this situation where it's a pillar. Sammy's kind of been... You know, the fans kind of turned it on Sammy. You know, they loved him and now they hate him. And then not because he's a heel, because of some life decisions he's made. Yeah. And, you know, they've turned on him. And it's just like, dude, give him a big win here, you know, and let Mox go on vacation. But Mox is a smart play. Mark, Mox makes for the bigger match. Mox is everything. He was a smart play in this case. I mean, so I was like, oh, okay, so Mox wins this one. Jericho beats Danielson. So that's that's how my brain was working. Uh, but yeah, we will see how that goes later, but I really did enjoy the match. Thought it was a good, uh, contrast of styles. Uh, loved how Mox was able to take the springboard cutter. He took it, looked really good when he took it and the GTH into the paradigm shift or what's it called? Yeah. It's called a paradigm shift. Yeah, it's the well, Death Rider, Rider, Death Rider, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think when you elevate it, it's the Death Rider. When it's yes. not elevated, it's the Paradigm Ship. But whatever move you're calling it, he hits it. That was a great transition and reversal there. A great way to end the match. I overall enjoyed this match a lot. 
actually yeah. it was my favorite match of the night, honestly. Honestly, yeah, I would say so. Just the way that they worked each other, and like I said, the way Moxley bounced off of Sammy with his with his attitude in the ring. I thought just the way they worked was a lot uh, was a lot of good stuff. So yeah, this this was definitely my favorite match as well. Uh, we then had MJF out on the microphone as everybody loves and um you're in new york and this man's still getting mega positive like mjf is doing everything in his possibility to make sure that he shits on the fans every chance he gets because he is not going to be the guy that just gets cheered non-stop he is refusing he refuses what you say and and he talked about how listen moxley seven days you just won this match but like I I haven't slept a week since we came toe to toe last week because I saw that you had the look of a man with no fear and that pisses me off because you must have me confused with somebody else. It's like we're not it's not the same kid who is standing in front of a front of a standing behind a podium and doing all these MJF 2020 things. Like I'm not that same kid. I'm not playing a character, John, but you are because you're a joke. And of course, Ma, he immediately dives into Mox, Moxley's autobiography, which I have not yet read yet. I've been in the middle of reading my good friend Justin Henry. He did a book with uh, one man, James Dixon, and he did a book called Titan Screwed. Uh, and it was back when uh, What Culture still had all the main guys there. But basically, it covers WWF, WCW, ECW, the whole 1997 era of wrestling. That whole thing. So Titan Screwed really good book i'm all i'm early into it but you should definitely read it shout out to my friend justin henry i love that guy um even though his eagles beat me week one and i hate him for it but he of course brings up john moxley's book and he says like i love the part when you talked about your childhood you were raised just the same way as these people here uneducated poor white trash from the sticks and like you got bullied a lot didn't you john it's like now when stuff happens like that it forces men to put up a front they my people might buy it. These people buy it, but I don't. And deep down, you're still that scared little boy from the slums of Cincinnati. But you kicked the habit. You know what? You slayed your demons, defeated your disease. But my brain is far more dangerous than your disease because bad things happen when people get in, in my way. So he said, listen, you you take that vacation you were planning. How about that? Because make no mistake, that title is mine. And when you came back from your rehab, you talked about a demon that hung over your head. But, John, if you don't tread lightly, you will learn that I am that demon, and I am a demon you can't slay. And that's when MJF immediately brought out a young group of gentlemen that helped him get that ship in that ladder match, which was the first stable on retainer, led by a man I've known since I was 19, Stokely Hathaway and The Firm, which then led out to basically MJF leaving as uh he just was done for the night and then left stokely hathaway in the ring to cut his promo talking about the firm another brand new faction uh that featured let's we go through everybody in the firm like did they even have everybody listed down here in the firm uh well basically the ass boys morrissey uh and then uh who yeah, else? He went in order. Uh, it was Morrissey. He just wants to do whatever he wants to do. Uh, then it was Moriarty. He yep, Moriarty. The, he wanted the pure that, title. The uh, Ass Boys and Ethan Page. Yeah, they want the tag belts. Ethan Page wants the all-Atlantic all title. 
Yes. So he basically ran through everybody in the firm and basically said how we're on retainer. So like when MJF needs us, we're here. When we're not, when we're not needed by MJF, we go our separate ways and do our own things. And that's all good and dandy. I kind of thought this this promo, honestly, like went a bit too long. I I get why MJF introduced them and it continued onward like that. But this was a long segment. This was a long promo with a lot of talking. Like, it was just, it was a bit, I, I honestly could have done with these two promos being separated. Honestly, because I love Stokely Hathaway on the mic. He does really good work on the mic. But he was going on and on and on and describing everybody in the firm and giving everybody their little spot. I will say, him hugging Morrissey while he was just stone-faced was fucking hysterical. That was my favorite thing of the in the entire segment. But I think these two could have been separated because it just kind of felt long and elongated, and it kind of did a little bit of damage to the firm's uh, opening segment because, you know, you're following up MJF, which I get it. That's why he's the firm is being involved with MJF. But I could have used for like, you know what? This could have been the separate backstage segment. This could have been a separate in-ring promo. It could have been anything. This could have just been put down the line, honestly, I feel like, because I, I, I that's that's just how I feel, I think. I thought it was really good, but I felt like it brought the ha- show to a halt. Yes! I thought, like, the momentum for the first match was completely zapped away by this 20-minute talking segment. And I don't think the show actually really recovered from it. There was this general malaise for the uh, over this episode of Dynamite, and uh, yeah, I didn't. You know, I think it was well done. I think it needed to happen. It said because you're like, why was the hodgepodge of men brought together? And everybody says Dynamite doesn't explain stuff, so they really went out of their way. To say this is why this faction's coming, and I do think it's going to be a multi-show faction. It's going to be an AEW and ROH faction, and I love that um, uh, that he said that they're going to go their separate ways when they're not, you know, when they're not together. And it's and it was done, and it really needed to happen. But yes, if you're looking at it like macro, it needed to happen. It's like you don't have to worry about any. All of those people can go into their next feuds and you don't have to be like, well, why'd they go after this and why'd they go after that? It's always set up for all the next chapters. But Micro, it kind of killed it kind of killed the momentum of the show. So I agree with you, but I do think it was a necessary evil. Yes. No, absolutely. Um I genuinely um uh... I genuinely do think that this was for sure needed. I think it would have been so much harder to explain this faction if you didn't just get out there and do it as soon as you could. Um, but yeah, they could have just done like a break or something in between this because it just it just brought the show to a halt. But basically, we move now over to the Jungle Boy Jack Perry open contract match between Jungle Boy and Jay Lethal. Um, and it was an open contract match basically from Jungle Boy, which Jay Lethal answered earlier in the day. Um, and these guys did a solid match, honestly. I thought it was a good little match. Um, and it was nearly a, a nice little moment where Jungle Boy almost countered uh, the lethal injection with the kill switch, which was a really, 
really nice little moment where he was actually going to use the kill switch. Um, Jungle Boy was able to uh, stop a pump kick and put on the snare trap, but then Sanjay Dutt gets in the ring and distracts Jungle Boy. Jay Lethal then grabs Jungle Boy, but he escapes, puts him in the snare trap again. Lethal taps Jungle Boy with another big win. I think this was a good match, honestly. I think these two are good, really good wrestlers. Um, Jay Lethal is obviously that guy who they throw in there. Where it's like you you need somebody to put a great like five to ten minute match on, or even longer necessarily. You put them in the ring with Jay Lethal, good things will happen. And Jungle Boy is continuing to grow as one of their their top young up and coming singles wrestlers. And yeah, this was a good little match. And I thought it did what it needed to do. Um, we're still, of course, in the waiting period until Christian Cage is able to be healed up because I think they're they're definitely dealing with the fact that Christian is hurt uh, from not being able to wrestle a long match against Jungle Boy. So they they definitely wish Christian was still here for sure. Well, so I'm gonna the match was fine. It was it was good. It's what you can always count on Jay Lethal for. But I am going to give a shout out to Mr. TK for learning his lesson. He did the open contract. And I think six months ago, they would have waited until it came out and everybody would have got on the line and speculated. And they would say Bray Wyatt. And they would have said all these other WWE guys or New Japan guys and got their hopes well weighed up. And then... Jay Lethal would have came out and everybody would be like, oh, Jay Lethal, that's it? Boo. They announced it before the show. There was no anticipation. There was no right. time for the world to overinflate their guests and then get disappointed. And I thought that was genius. I have been thinking about this all week. I was like, when I talk about this match, I'm going to make sure I give a shout out to TK. I don't even know if he's ever listened to this show or know it exists. But, man, that was great. That was me watching AEW learn and grow as they continue. Absolutely. It was a great move on their part. Uh, so I'm glad yeah, that they didn't I make just, that mistake. I've just seen them do it, like, uh, quite a few times where it's like, oh, it's this mystery guy. And then it's just somebody in the back, and everybody's like, well, you lied to us. No, I never said You got it. your hopes up. <laughs> I never said it was going to be... <laughs> Uh, Kazuchika Okada I just said it was going to be a guy and the person didn't know who it was and you elevated your mind but he stopped it he said I'm not going to let you build up your hopes and get disappointed you're getting good old reliable Jay Lethal he's a reliable L you know what I mean I, I you know he's going to put on a great match he's going to look like he can win and then he's going to lose and that's what he did and you know, it, it works. You know, it works. I'm not even saying anything bad about it. I mean, that's his role in the company, but it's just like, I like that no one, that he didn't even give time to get their hopes up. Absolutely. We had a little highlight package for uh, Hook and Action Bronson, who will be wrestling on Rampage Grand Slam. Um, seeing Action Bronson in the ring is such a feeling but i'm excited to see actually how he does because i love me some action bronson dude so uh, it's weird like this person that has never watched i can't say never watched AEW, but only recently watched <laughs> AEW. say why does he look like a fat bray wyatt yep I, and i was like once he said it i could not see it i was like i see it no i know i've hey. seen the god dad can we have bray wyatt we have bray wyatt at home <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it was like, I saw that and someone said it to me. I was like, no, Action Bronson doesn't look like, 
uh, stop in mid sense. He kind of does. Kind of does. Mm-hmm. He looks like bald Bray Wyatt. No, so no, but I am looking forward to this because he seems to respect wrestling, which is a big thing with me with celebrity uh, guests. And he looks like a tough dude. He looks like a tough New Yorker. He looks like mm-hmm. he busts that ass. Yeah, no, he genuinely, genuinely does. Uh, and I'm excited to see him wrestle for sure. Um, and then we had the weirdest cameo of the night, which was when Ethan Page uh, interrupted. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what the fuck is his name again? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I got a dog visiting and I had to talk to it. Um, oh, good. Uh, <laughs> no, well, we found the dog Saturday night and we took it in. We've been taking care of it, so... Not used to having a dog, so there you go. Uh, but right. uh, yes, I had no idea who the freak that dude was. Oh, I knew who he was. I was no, just—I no, no, no. forgot his—I forgot his name big Luigi. time. Luigi, and I was like, I am so—I felt this was the moment that I felt really, really fucking old. Because <laughs> it felt like everybody on my fucking TL knew who this man was, and I was like. Okay, he just kicked the dude in the face. I literally ignored it. And everybody was busting like, oh my God, Tony Khan's a genius. Oh my God, Tony Khan's... I was like, what are y'all talking about? And somebody finally... I saw somebody share the clip and I was like, oh, it's the guy. Oh, okay. But I felt so old. I mean, literally. I'm like, I felt 80. I felt like... I felt like somebody was trying to teach me how to use the iPhone because I literally had no idea who this man was. I, you know, I am social media active. Oh Somehow yeah, somehow missed this whole thing. Luigi Primo, that was yep. <laughs> yep he Luigi. just got kicked in the fucking face yes. by Ethan Page the in seconds. Guy. When I saw that, I was like, because when I heard whatever his name is that does the backstage interviews, I've never been a fan of him. Uh, I, I, um, uh, was it Alex? Alex Marvez. I've yeah. n- never been a fan of him, but that's just me. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler for commentary and backstage reporting, <laughs> but like, dude, so, uh, there's this guy I listen to named Joe Lanza who calls him stealing money. Marvez. that's that's really mean that's really mean that's like he doesn't he goes the way he says he doesn't do anything and you know the backstage interview thing is really all he does so he calls him stealing money marvis there you go i mean look man get that get that work but like yeah, when he was talking about pizza, I'm like, what the fuck is marvis doing and then i see luigi primo and i'm like oh okay oh he got kicked in the face what I was just like I don't know what I'm watching right now, but I think it's great. But it's just like oh my god, like I I like literally I'm just like fried watching that. And then Dan Housen's in the background, and then that's when they challenge uh, him to a match at Rampage. And I was just like, oh buddy, okay, that was a bunch of shit. And I'm no, I know a, a bunch of people were gonna hate that, but it was cool to see. It genuinely was cool to see. But man, it came at you like a bullet. Where it's just like. Is that fucking Luigi Primo from TikTok? Oh, he got kicked in the face by Ethan Page, and now, oh, there's Dan Housen. I'm just like, holy shit, this this little backstage segment came at you like a speeding truck. Yes. And, yeah, uh, like I said, I was, I, I talked to JR while I watched the show, like, every week. It's like, we pretty much watched the show together. And we both just kind of no-sold that whole segment. We was like, oh, some guy got kicked in the face. 
And now Ethan Page is going to beat up Danhausen for not being serious. And then I found out that guy was a wrestler like later, and it was just like, oh, God, I'm old. Yep. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, we then had another backstage uh, little video package of Darby Allen being challenged by Matt Hardy to a match on Rampage. Um, we actually got a little bit of reports coming out that uh, Jeff Hardy is nearly – uh, finished with his rehab program, and he could be returning to AEW very soon. I'm glad to hear at least that things are looking positive with Jeff Hardy possibly returning to AEW because, you know, we want to see him um, on the up and up in that regard. Because um, I'm glad to hear that, um, you know. But also, like, again, if, if, if it's better for Jeff to stay home and just, like, stay home and stuff like that, then that's fine with me too. But if he's able to do wrestling, like, let's go. I am not a mean person. I definitely not a mean spirited person. If I never see Jeff Hardy wrestle again, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, I just like, I feel like there's a lot of talent and young talent on the roster that you can focus on. And I think Jeff Hardy can take care of his health. I, this has nothing to do with his substance abuse, I wish him 110%. I like, he gets all of my heart because Jeff Hardy has entertained me most of my adult life. So I am going to say that. I love Jeff Hardy. But it just gets to a point where it's just like, this seems to be bad for you. You know? Maybe. Well, it's just like, again, you, have, you seem to have cycles. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, so it just seems like, hey, do your thing. Take care of yourself. Go treat yourself first. I don't. I mean, if rest, if wrestling is what helps keep you sober, keep doing it. But it's just like when it comes to wrestling, just wrestling. Yeah, I've probably seen Jeff Hardy enough. I don't think there's any dream matches I have left for Jeff Hardy or dream angles for him. It's just I'm I'm, I'm good. But he's he's the perpetual babyface. When he comes out there and that music hits and he does his thing and thrusts his hips, the crowd's going to go crazy. And you're going to think like God walked through that door because Jeff Hardy is an automatic pop no matter what. So I can see why you lose him. I can see that, but it's just like. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I, I, again, like I said, if he's able to do it and like that's they're able to do it, like because I don't think they used Jeff in a way that was taking away a spot from a younger guy. But either way, it's like if he's able to do it with while staying on the straight and narrow, great. But if he like honestly, if, if his health is that like still a concern, which I think it probably still is, like it's probably best for Jeff. Like you know, you've done enough, man. You don't. We we appreciate everything you've done, but like if if he it, that's not my decision to make. So I'm I'm not. No gonna... no no no. I like I said, I was just talking from my personal experience. I'm like, Jeff Hardy's never going to keep me from going to the show, but it's just like, it's like, I, I've, I've seen a lot of Jeff Hardy in my life. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's where we're at. We then had a squash match for Powerhouse Hobbs to get a big win as he beat Matt DiMartio, or, Mar- or Matt DiMartio, Martino, uh, pinned him right away, and Hobbs got on the microphone cut a promo saying how he beat Ricky Starks. He's like, look, Ricky Stark, tough. I spent 21 months in the trenches with him, and they were we were grinding. But at All Out, it took me four minutes and 35 seconds to beat him. So look, that chapter's closed. Time to open a new chapter in the Book of Hobbs, and it starts tonight, and that's when Ricky Starks flies down the steps of the arena, out of the crowd, jumps in the ring, and starts beating up on Hobbs. 
But then he hit Hobbs with the microphone, getting a little bit of revenge. And it it was funny, too, because Hobbs, like, but while he was cutting his promo, already had blood coming from his mouth, which I thought was quite funny. Um, it's such a tough image. You know, yeah. and it's like, it's even tougher when you know it's like real blood. And it's like, how are you bleeding? That match lasted 12 seconds. Yeah. But also, too, I will say, mm, I know this is the proclivity of positivity, but I got to say, Hobbs, I need a little bit more from you in the, on the promo side of things. Because, no, and, 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 you know, let me tell you about Hobbs. He is one of those people that is calling for a manager. It, I just think. You know, you saw Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman, where he just stood back there, kind of danced around and flexed while the other person talked. I'm not saying he needed a manager because he can't talk. I think he needs a manager because he comes off more intimidating if he doesn't talk. Right. You know what I mean? Because when I, because yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, man, it's, if it, 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 it's kind of a mean thing. But when he said uh, opening a new chapter in the Book of Hobbs, I'm just like, this is the Hall of Pain. You're doing the Hall of Pain shit. Like, that's that's what you, know, you sound like when you're doing this. It's so funny. Because I heard that, like, a lot of people, uh, like, uh, you know, look, you know, you're doing it. The, I was like, I never even got that. I was just like, I, you know, it ne- I never pulled Maybe that's just me. I don't know. No, no, Mark Henry's in the back. It makes sense. But And he's a big old buff black dude. I mean, come on. It really does make sense in a lot of ways. But it's just my brain never went there you know what i mean it's just like oh man Hobbs looks really intimidating but i have been on this i've been on this since they broke up that he needs his own little personal manager i wouldn't want to use you know i wouldn't want to use someone like uh i wouldn't want to use like uh you know what's his name uh stokely hathaway or anybody like that that has a faction i want someone that is just focused on uh, just focused on Hobbs, dude. If Mark Henry could, you know, really talk better, I man, that'd be a perfect manager. Just because you know, he's like, I can teach you the ways of the Hall of Pain or kind of thing. But I could even see like someone like Vicky Guerrero or something like that. I just think him just standing there while the other person talks, just in casting a shadow over the person that's smaller than him, it's much more intimidating than when he cuts promos. Mhm. All right. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I think. I think that's absolutely. I think that's absolutely the case for for that regard. But we moved on to the AW World Tag Team Title Match between the Lucha Bros and Swerve in Our Glory, and this was a solid match, I thought. But again, uh, I found it kind of weird that this match was happening because, uh, you know. You know, I love the Lucha Bros, but it just seemed like this match came out of nowhere. And I was just like, wow, we're just on a straight up random dynamite swerving our glories defending their title against the Lucha Bros. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And they did a good match because, I mean, everyone in this match is really fucking good. Uh, Regardless, though, Keith Lee was able to get the pinfall on Penta after he just completely, completely uh, took a goddamn Canadian destroyer. Keith Lee took a Canadian destroyer fucking insane it's just wild that whole thing um and look i like the fact that keith lee got the pinfall victory he got the win he say he won their titles back because i know there's already looks of like you know swerve will be the guy that turns heel and then keith lee will separate from from them if 
they actually end up having what happened after the match be the case. Um, the acclaimed comes out immediately and said, Swerve, Max said, Swerve, if you ever interrupt my rap again, um, you're going to have to answer for it. And he, they said, listen, we're going for those AEW World Tag Team Championships next week because everybody loves the acclaimed. And this is the moment where they're going to make the Arthur Ashe Stadium come unglued. They're going to have the acclaimed win the tag team titles. And I think that's where you start to see Swerve and Our Glory break apart. And then you get two big singles competitors immediately because Swerve, huge heel that you can use like like so well. And then Keith Lee, I mean, bro, if you ever needed an AEW world title contender, there you fucking go. Like, Keith Lee could absolutely be AEW world champion. I say that with no hesitation because that man is so fucking good. So... I'm I'm very excited for this week when we get that tag title match because I think the acclaimed will truly have their moment in the sun and I think it's going to be in a a wonderful moment and I have to say this too because I know a lot of people were talking about how awesome it is when they cut to the crowd and everyone's doing the scissor motion. Can we say how cool it is that an openly gay wrestler is having like that kind of re- reaction with Anthony Bowens being in this team and having that chant and all the scissor motions that people are doing in the crowd and they're all behind it and everyone's supporting it and they love it. It's like, and you have an openly gay wrestler and Bowens has talked in interviews. Like I want to be AEW's first openly gay world world, uh, openly gay champion. I mean, cause you had Nyla who was transgender and now you have Anthony Bowens who is gay. And like, I think that's a really fucking cool thing. If like, if that's the motion we're going for. So even if they don't win the titles, which I do think they're winning the titles, it's still really cool to have like the AEW audience that have completely jumped on the corner of the acclaimed, and they love, they love the acclaimed, and it's it's really it's really cool to see. It's genuinely really cool to see homegrown AEW talent still getting over like gangbusters despite the massive amount of superstars that they have on the roster. Big thing with Bowens to me is that he's a great wrestler. And he's a great character. He has a lot of energy. He's charismatic. You know, a lot of people would say he's the better wrestler of the group. There's so much more to like about him. And he is gay also. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, that's the big thing about it. It's just that it's not, oh, we we like you country. No, you're fucking talented. And you're gay. You know what I mean? It's just... No, and that's the thing. It's like you don't even think about it. Yeah, I don't even think about it with Anthony Bowens. Because I don't think about... Generally, when I'm watching wrestling, I don't think about most of the time (laughs) who they're in a relationship with, all that kind of stuff. I'm just watching the show. And with him, it's just such a natural thing. And I am... I love Keith Lee. It was like Keith Lee. I always say how Keith Lee is as far as being cool... And how he talks and how nothing seems to bother him a lot. I always say Keith Lee is like who I want to be when I grow up. Okay, kind of thing. (laughs) Because he's just like this cool man that doesn't even try to be cool. And then, of course, Swerve is just like larger than life without even trying to be. So I love that team. And they're going to be great no matter what. Maybe Swerve, you know. But the claim is so hot. And it just feels like it's in New York. I think they're both from New York. If I'm not, sh- if I'm a hundred percent, not a hundred percent sure. I be- I know Max Caster is from New York, but I think Anthony Bowens is from New York. I'm actually kind of googling it right now, and it's just like 
They're so hot right now. The crowd loves them so much. Oh, it's from New Jersey. Okay. You go with Close it. Close enough. You, you go with it. You go with it. Even if you want to give them the belt back, like, at full gear. Like, you want them to go back in and swerve in our glory and lose at full gear. Or whatever you want to do. You have to go with the claim right now. It's just, it's too hot. It's a no-brainer. Uh, but I do, yeah. That's what I'm like. It's not saying anything about the current champions. I mean, neither, none of them are as good as FTR. But they're all really good. You know what I mean? And I, I hope everybody notices this. Because people like to hate on Dax and Cash. Because, you know, you know, they're the best tag team in the world. They do, they do that thing or whatever. But I don't know if you've noticed, anyone's noticed over the last two or three weeks. All they've been doing is putting over the current tag team. People that are currently featured in the tag team in AEW. Saying that Swerve and Our Glory is going to kill it. The acclaimed, even in interviews, have been cutting and talking about all the great talents of their tag teams in AEW. So, don't act like they just care about themselves. Just throwing that out there. But, yes, I'm really looking forward to this. All right. And I as well. And we had backstage interview with Death Triangle, basically trying to get a word with them after the Lucha Bros didn't win the tag titles. And Did you Pac- see how upset they looked? That was kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad that Pac got mad at Marvez for the way that he uh, talked about them and how they were upset or whatnot and about them not winning those titles. But, like, listen, remember, we are the trio's champions right now, and he was talking, and then Pac gets decked by Orange Cassidy. He sold that punch so hard. It was so it was so funny because, like, that just looked very ridiculous, but... I loved how he sold that, but he told Pac, though, he's like, you're not going to be a double champion for long. Uh, and teased for what we're getting uh, t- tonight when you guys listen to this. So I'm, again, very excited for that. We then had a tag match between the four competitors in the AEW Interim Women's Championship match that's taking place on Dynamite Grand Slam. Tony Storm and Athena facing off against Serena Deeb and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, this was a this was a decent match. I felt like you know it was a nice little way to tease uh, the show for the week after, uh, and we got a continuing uh, growing of Jamie Hader starting to get away from Britt Baker DMD because what ended up happening was uh, Rebel distracted the referee and Britt Baker held up a steel chair and uh, there they were proceeding to. Uh, Trying to uh, get a steel chair held up, Deeb ran Storm into the steel chair, and Serena Deeb got the pinfall to win, and for the heels to win. And then they started beating up on uh, uh, Athena. Then knocked out Serena Deeb. Doctor Britt Baker then drove Athena's head into the chair, into the mat with a curb stomp. Jamie Hader then brought in, uh, ran into the ring to beat up Athena with the steel chair. And uh, Britt Baker was like, "Listen, I said I was sorry." about what happened before and Jamie Hader was like I don't give a fuck like no and walked off so I thought this did its job I know we're all waiting for when Jamie Hader gets away from Britt Baker and starts really pushing herself as a babyface competitor competitor because uh, I know a lot of people have already kind of jumped on Jamie Hader's side of like yeah we want to see her um, but yeah I thought this was a nice little semi-main and gives a decent tease for the title match that's taking place on Grand Slam, and yeah, I thought this was fine. Jamie Hader's pretty hot right now. Everybody seems to be 
really behind her and what she's going to be doing moving forward. So I'm actually very excited to see where that's going. And I love the little twist there. She didn't hit Britt Baker and she's not ready to fight Britt Baker. She just doesn't want to talk to Britt Baker right now. They're friends that have problems. It reminds me a lot of Keith Lee and Swerve after, you know, Swerve kind of screwed him over. Yeah, it does remind me that as well. Um, but now we can move into the main event of AEW Dynamite from last week, which is the second semifinal match in the Grand Slam turn- Tournament of Champions. Jericho versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and pure champion himself, Daniel Garcia, was watching this match backstage. Um, and these guys were just, again, they were giving each other a ton of like just offense cattle mutilation from brian danielson then got the hammer and elbows at one point jericho was then able to uh get a shot at danielson's temple and then danielson then came out of nowhere with a running knee and they were just beating each other up and just chopping at danielson's leg he was working on a knee breaker at one point but danielson then fought back onto one leg there was one moment that i loved especially which was when brian danielson was getting hammered and elbowed by Jericho, and he starts just working himself back up as he's staring at the AEW World Championship down at ringside, and he's just staring at it while he wills himself back to his feet, getting elbowed by Jericho and hulking up. And I was just like, that's a great shot. You know, like a lot of times AEW gets called out where it's like, you know what, WWE still has the best camera work in terms of. Not not always with the whole fucking jerky camera every time a punch is hit or whatever, but like in terms of like the storyline shots that you use in video packages, you know, WWE is still kind of the kings when it comes to that. But this was my favorite like shot of like the night. I loved this whole thing that they did uh, with that regard. And as Danielson still kept fighting with one leg pretty much, uh, he eventually was still able to uh, get out of the figure four at one point, transition it into the LaBelle lock. Jericho taps out. So we get the America Dragon, Brian Danielson versus John Moxley, BCC versus BCC for the AEW World Championship. I think this is going to be amazing. And if I have to say, just to get my predictions out of the way first, I loved me some John Moxley, but I think it's time for a Brian Danielson World Champion. If people were, were want, like, listen. CM Punk goes away. Who was the champion after he left? Brian Danielson. I'm just saying. It's kind of serendipitous about how that man changes wrestling uh, once CM Punk leaves and just becomes the biggest thing in pro wrestling. I think it's absolutely... It just seems really cool. It would be a really cool thing. It's like, once again, uh, CM Punk fucks off, and then Brian Danielson is there to be like, hey, guys, I'm the best at wrestling. And everyone's like, yes, you are. Well... Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. If you want to get your company right and you want to be considered, you know, one of the best wrestling products in the world, having one of, if not the best wrestler in the world doesn't hurt. And suspension be damned. Uh, suspension be damned. They owe me a Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson match. With yes. The they owe me that. I am owed that match. And MJF versus Brian Danielson, wherever it happens, I'm down for that. Cause, sure. Yeah, because most people forget MJF can go. That man can go. So, uh, yeah, I'm all about that. 
Yeah, so that was AEW Dynamite from last week. We're going to move quickly over to Rampage, which took place from Albany, New York. Um, show opened with Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy. You know, these guys did a really good job opening up the show. Just Darby was able to just like get some offense on there. But there was a point where he tried to do a senton onto uh, the apron, but Hardy got out of the way and he just fucking slams into the apron. Like, God damn. Um, yeah, they, this is a good opening match. Afterwards, though, the lights went dark, and when they came back on, Brody King and Julia Hart were in the ring after uh, Darby got the win after getting the Last Supper. And uh, Brody knocks out Hardy, and then he called for Darby and Sting to come out, uh, out to the ring. They did, and that's when Brody King challenged Darby and Sting to a match against the House of Black in a no-DQ match. And it was accepted. Now, that's going to be with uh, Buddy Matthews because, as we saw on Instagram, uh, Malachi Black has said he's taking a step away from pro wrestling. Uh, and he 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 did ask for his release from AEW. Um, so it looks like we may be seeing the last of Malachi Black in AEW, which is a shame. I thought he did really good work. Um, but it seems like he wants to take a step back right now and – Seems like the leaking of stuff is starting to bother him, and he's had a lot of really shitty things happen in a long span that is kind of like, you know, even when things were going well in AEW for him, you know, you couldn't really celebrate it almost. So I feel for the guy. I love I love Malachi Black. I think he's great, and I think, you know what, wherever he decides to go, and it seems like right now the prevailing rumor is that he'll go back to WWE. makes a lot of sense. Um but I, regardless, I hope he gets right and he can come back to wrestling because, I mean, that guy's a talent for sure. Yeah, and a big thing with me is, and I don't want it to be like, uh, I think there are enough people that want to wrestle for AEW that you don't need to keep people that don't want to wrestle for AEW. And I know there's a lot going on with him, but the prevailing theory is he he just wants to go back to WWE, which is fine. You know, if that's what you want to do, absolutely. I am rooting for you because I want you, I want, my thing is I want everyone to be happy. You know, that is a big thing for me is that the pursuit and the maintaining of happiness. And I know it cannot have made him happy that he was working in a separate company from his wife. Asked, you know, she, he met her in WWE. They had been in WWE. They had worked together in WWE. That all has to come, you know, that all has to come to a head at some point. So shout out to uh, um, Mr. Black because uh, he's black. He's, his last name's Black no matter where he's at. I wish him the best in life and going forward. If he ever finds his way back to AEW, I would be super excited to have him again. But if he finds himself happier in WWE, congrats on that. Yeah, absolutely. I wish nothing but the best for him. We then had an in-ring moment with uh, the Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. He, <clears throat> excuse me, he talked about how this Ring of Honor Championship, Claudio, it represents honor. And look, the Blackpool, the Blackpool Combat Club is the new symbol of excellence. It's a team, family. We make each other better. But the best lessons in life is that when you lose, those are when you learn the best lessons in life. Um, and Willer Uter is going to get back up and win his pure championship. And he also said, I defended my championship against one of my toughest opponents ever, Dax Harwood, 
And it's going to be two members of the Blackpool Combat Club against each other this Wednesday for the AW World Championship. And then Chris Jericho was like, have you forgotten about the JAS? And he's like, listen, I've been watching you week in, week out, and I'm a seven-time world champion, and I should be competing for the AEW World Championship, not because I tapped out. And Claudia was like, yes, you tapped out. And he's like, I've been a champion in WWF, WWE, WCW, and the first AEW World Champion. But one place I've never been champion is in Ring of Honor, and seven isn't enough. I'm going for the Ocho, and I challenge you for the Ring of Honor World Championship at Grand Slam. And Claudia goes, Chris, I've been waiting for this moment a long, long time. So you're on, but I'm going to beat the hell out of you. And you know what? That that great little moment of Jericho just saying all those company that, companies that he's held world titles in and then just goes, never held a world title in Ring of Honor. I It just immediately is a great opening for a build for a title match that you've only announced like a few days before the show. And Jericho Claudio for the ROH title? That has already got a chance to really do a ton of good work for that show. I mean, again, huge addition to the show, I think. It did a great job of bringing that in there. I thought this was a really good announcement, and the way they did it was good. I thought this was a great, well-done segment. Yes, and um, yeah, and it, it added intrigue to the match. It added a believability because... With them building ROH, you could 100%, and the JS has taken a lot of losses lately, you could 100% see Chris Jericho as the new ROH champion. It elevates the title automatically. It elevates the brand automatically. It almost seems like a no-brainer that he should win. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, here's the thing. I love Claudio. Him being Ring of Honor World and Champion is great. But also, um, it just seems like it'd be a crazy thing for for Chris Jericho to be champion of Ring of Honor, and then as they get towards like putting Ring of Honor and getting weekly television for that show back, Jericho being like the evil king of Ring of Honor, just like a WWE guy who absolutely is like being like fuck these Ring of Honor guys, I'm the champion, you got to take this title from me, like. It's not a bad shout. I mean, that's kind of what he did with AEW, and it worked really fucking good. Yeah, yeah, it does. It works really well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm looking at later this year. I don't know. I know they did Death Before Dishonor. I don't know what the next ROH pay per view is, but generally it ends with Final Battle, and Final Battle is usually somewhere in New York. So Chris Jericho main eventing your ROH pay per view. I don't think you can go wrong with that. No, I don't think so either. I think that could be, I think that could be a really good uh, match for that pay per view if they end up doing it. But we'll have to see what they end up doing. But either way, we then had Willow Knight. Well, actually, we had a backstage segment with Jade Cargill and the Baddies, which was then interrupted by Diamante, who was like, "You want a competition? All you had to do was ask." Next week in New York. I'm going to pull up, and and uh, she's showing up with the baddest bitch from the 305. And that was a bit of a challenge that was made, and that means that on Rampage, the two-hour show that we're getting, it's going to be Jade Cargill Diamante for the TBS title. I have no idea who this baddest bitch from the 305 is. I don't know either, but I will say... I did. I did want to mention too, because this was announced too about uh, from Wrestling Observer, I believe it was, how 
special guest announcer that they're going to have for Grand Slam is fucking DJ Who Kid. Like, AEW is hip-hop at this point. Like, I swear to God, AEW is hip-hop because you got fucking Action Bronson, you had Kevin Gates, now you got DJ Who Kid, and, bro, it's like, this. it's fucking crazy. Like, AEW, like, I gotta, I'm gonna look up, uh, uh, I'm gonna look up, uh, all this other, all these other people that they've had, uh, show up, uh, before, because I know they announced, uh, a hip hop album a little while ago, actually for February this this upcoming year. Uh, but I was gonna say, man, they've they've got so many people that have popped up into uh, AEW that are from the hip hop community, and I'm just like, man, now we got DJ Who Kid, and I don't know who this person is that Diamante's mentioning either. But regardless, I am very much, very much excited for that. Yeah, they got Westside Gun. I was like, what the fuck? Why is Westside Gun here? Hey, you know what's funny? Because I was listening to Swerve on Renee Young's podcast, and he was like, you know, people be like, why is that person here, or why don't they have that person? And he made it simple. If you're asking why, then it wasn't for you. It's no. for new people. Like, for me, I wouldn't be able to pick DJ Who Kid out of a lineup. I'm like, literally. It could be you, uh, you uh, and uh, two other people. And you'd be like, which one's DJ Who Kid? And I'm like, I, I know it's not Austin. <laughs> That's about it. I, I, I mean, literally. Not, I, you know, I don't care. You know, but to, there's someone out there. There is this diverse group of people that, you know, really care about hip hop. I mean, really care about music. That him being on the show is going to make the show so much better to, to them. And it's just like, I'm excited for that. I am excited. I'm excited that you got excited, you know, because I want everyone to enjoy wrestling. So I'm never going to be like, I don't know who that is, so this sucks. No, I don't know who it is, so you know who it is. Like, Action Bronson, can't name Action Bronson song. He does look like a tough white dude. I've actually known Action Bronson because he's done stuff with, like, cooking, you know? I know yeah. more is that than I do as a rapper. <clears throat> Fair enough, yeah, I know he's done that before, yeah. Yeah, so he's pretty dope. Like him, so I was like, "Oh, Extra yeah. Boston's gonna be on there." I'm like, he's more. I watch more Food Network than I probably listen to hip hop. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get, I, I get it, dude. But like, that's that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, I don't know what the hell. Uh... Apparently, Swerve is the person that has all these contacts inside. Oh, I believe. I absolutely believe he, it. Yeah, he gets the people out there. I saw today a picture with him and DJ Who Kid, and it's just like, hey. Make it happen, so, you know. Absolutely, I, I'm happy. I like. I like. All I know is if if he if she says the baddest bitch from the 305. When I hear 305, I think Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. So if we get Pitbull on AEW, oh god, yes, I will roll my eyes so hard. <laughs> I, 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 you don't want to hear Greenlight, that I, I, WrestleMania I, theme. I've been to many events, and I never. Oh, consider myself wasting money because I think the event, the experience. Having that experience is wasted. It is makes no money ever wasted. One of the few times where I say I wasted my money is when I went to saw Pitbull in Las Vegas. Man, and it was just like everything was. It just felt the same. So after the third song, I was like, "Is this almost over yet?" And it went like another hour. And yeah, it was it was actual torture. 
<laughs> it was actual torture. I'm Man. just saying, if you ever want to get information out of me, tie me down and just play Pitbull for an hour. I will tell you whatever you want to know. Kudo. Yeah, absolutely. Can't stand it. <laughs> no, it was just like it's, it, his beats are very similar. Let well, he also has some of the most. He has some of the most like 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 on the nose fucking samples like. When he sampled uh, uh, "Take on Me" with the "Feel This Moment" yeah. with Christina Aguilera, where it's like when you literally get to the drop, it's like do 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 do, and I'm like, you are not sampling "Take on Me." I'm like, stop it! Mr. What are you doing, Mister Three Hundred Five, Mister Worldwide, Mister Three Hundred Five? He says that like a hundred and fifty thousand concert. I was ready to stab myself. I really was. I was ready to injure myself. So I would have a leave early. So no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey man, I'll I'll pop if he shows up. I'll just I, say I, that. You know what? And it's for you. It's for you. <laughs> as long as he doesn't perform, I'll be great. No, that's the then you then you wasted your time. Yeah. No, I had to actually. He was at WrestleMania 33. I know. He performed at WrestleMania 33. So the next day, I I just get to tell the story. I went to Denny's, right? And he's like, dude, you know, some kind of employee thing. Denny's gave us tickets to the WrestleMania, as he put it. And, and of course, I'm, I love new fans. And I'm like, hey, so what was your favorite part of the show? He said, dude, you know what my favorite part of the show was? He's like, when Pitbull performed. <laughs> and I just, like, took, I was like, I asked him. He gave me an answer. That's his answer. Because it took everything in my mind not to roll my eyes as hard as I possibly can and be like, oh, my God, you just broke my heart. Because, you know, the Hardys came back that night, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. It was a huge moment. Cena got got engaged that night. Such a huge moment. But you said your favorite part was Pitbull. And I was like... (laughs) You know what? That's what, and then I, you know, I twisted it. I put my positive spin on. That's why the WWE does that stuff. He's who they do it for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I was like, but really, I wanted to be like, you're a terrible person. Get away from me. <laughs> and I'm not gonna tip you. Uh, but I, you know, I did tip. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, he does. All right. I don't think he deserved it, but he did get a tip. <laughs> well, all right. Well, either way, uh, we move on to Willow Nightingale against Penelope, Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian by her side. So it was cool to see Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian. So I was very, very happy to see that at least. Uh, and this was this was fine. You know, it was a match. And Penelope Ford got the win with the Indian Deathlock. Uh, it's always nice to still see Willow Nightingale get used on, on AEW. I like her. Me, makes me happy anytime she's on my TV. Yeah. That, yeah. Hey. That's Floyd's wheelhouse for anybody that wants to know. Willow. Right. Nightingale. Love her. Heart. Uh, we then had the Danhausen all-ego Ethan Page match, and Danhausen was mocking him, but then he was immediately pinned uh, after getting hit, hitting a shoulder tackle and hitting the ego's edge. Uh, so the firm got their first win with Danhausen getting beat, and poor guy, you know. You know, you, you, you wish for something better for him, but you know, like, They've used him exactly how you want. He's still so over, even though he never wins. 
You know, he is the cheeseburger of AEW. Danhausen is perfectly booked. Yes. Perfectly booked. I, I mean, I don't say that very often because I think perfect is overused, but he is perfectly booked for his character. Like, he's there. He makes you laugh. He has these insanely funny moments and special moments. Some of his comebacks, like when Ethan Page was talking about beating up comedy wrestlers, and he's like, yes, let's go beat them up. Like, he does not even consider himself a comedy wrestler. It is so, so great. I mean, perfectly done. Like, I, I, I question why he's not in, at times before, I've questioned why he's not in WWE, because he just... It's that type of act that is perfectly funny and it makes no sense, but you laugh every time on the screen. I like. I want to see a, a conversation between him and our truth right now, and I would pay money to see that conversation. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we then had Ricky Starks cut a promo saying how he's going. He's Pobs has now had his full undivided attention. He said, "I will personally see you in in New York City." And then we had the main event of Rampage, the Ring of Honor World Television title match between Josh Woods and the champion, Samoa Joe. All I cared about was I got to see Samoa Joe back wrestling on my television screen in AEW. I think Josh Woods is fine, but I'm here for Samoa Joe. And Tony Nese did some good jobs uh, getting involved to make this match uh, more evenly matched as they were working on his arm for a good amount of it. Uh, some good work from Josh Woods uh, working on the shoulder and the arm. Uh, but eventually, though, Joe just blows through him. Sterling uh, uh, was able to uh, distract him a little bit. But then as Samoa Joe hit the STO and then proceed to hit the muscle buster to get the pin, that's all you need. Tony Nese blindsides Samoa Joe and they start double teaming him until Wardlow comes out to make the save. He was about to powerbomb Sterling until Nice pulled him out of the ring. Um, can I say, I like this save. Can we get, dude, if we got Wardlow versus Samoa Joe, I feel like those two big men slapping meat, those two could do a fucking insane match. Like, I know they both have championships. I understand. Like, I would rather have Wardlow, like, defend his title at this point because the TNT championship is just a paperweight at this point, unfortunately. It's kind of mean to say, but that's kind of what it is right now. Uh, so I'd rather uh, him defend the title, but I would also like to see Samoa Joe and Wardlow beat the shit out of each other. I think that would be a fucking crazy ass match. So can we get both? Just uh, just give me that match, and then have somebody come out and start a seg- start a whole uh, program with Wardlow with somebody challenging for the TNT title. Do both of those things all in one night. We could do that both in one night, and it'd be great. Shout out to the greatest attorney ever, Mark Sterling who gets his undeserving client's title shots all the time. Fun yeah. little match. Now, Wardlow comes out, and he just looks like Wardlow. And Ward Joe is what I heard it called. Samoa Low is another one that uh, Wardlow threw out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 am, I love, would love to see them tag, but I'm more looking forward to seeing them fight. Yeah. No, that's... For sure, I'm excited for that as well. But that was AEW Rampage, so we can now quickly go through all the matches that are going to be on Grand Slam week. First, with Dynamite, we have, again, all five of our championship matches taking place. All-Atlantic title between Pac and OC. 
the four-way for the AEW Interim Women's Championship between Tony Storm, Serena Deeb, Athena, DMD, and Claudio versus Jericho for the ROH World Title, Swerve in Our Glory versus The Acclaim for the AEW Tag Titles, and of course, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson for the AEW World Championship. Over to Rampage, we have the one title match, which is Jade Cargill versus Diamante for the TBS title. Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy will be going one-on-one. You have the Rampage Golden Ticket Battle Royal, which the only match people that have been announced for the match are Jay Lethal, Hangman, Lance Archer, and Penta. You're going to get Wardlow teaming with Samoa Joe to face Tony Nese and Josh Woods. You get the tag match between Hook and Action Bronson versus uh, two, well, what was 2.0, but now is Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. And Sting and Darby versus the House of Black, where it's going to be most definitely it's going to be uh, uh, Brody King and Buddy Matthews. Yeah, I thought it, they even said it was like a no DQ match, but I'm not 100% sure on that match. Um, yeah, show is like loaded. Pay-per-view quality. Almost like, like literally, if you take these, what is it, 12 matches? That's a pay-per-view. This is a mm-hmm. pay-per-view. I mean, that I would pay to see. You know, and it's like you get in that New York over four hours. Make sure you bring your energy drinks or uh, definitely uh, Arthur Ashe should uh, have rock stars or whatever type of energy drink they have. Something. Because it's a four hours of taping. I mean, that's a long taping that it's in New York, so it won't start until like, what, eight? <laughs> Dang, that's a long night. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And I'm happy for everybody that gets to go. Uh, the match I'm most looking forward to, uh, other than the world title match, because I'm a champion, I'm a belt geek, uh, is Swerving Our Glory versus The Acclaim, because I want to know if they're going to do it. I want to know yeah. if they're going to do it. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how that comes out. But I think that's all we so have. What are you most excited about, sir? What am I most excited about? I'm excited for, um, quite honestly, I'm excited for Mox and Danielson because I just want to see those two beat the shit out of each other. And I want to see if they really pull the trigger and they give the title to Danielson. I really want to see if they do that because I would like to see that. That would be something I would be a big fan of, honestly. Um, because you know what? When Punk left WWE, the one thing I could hold on to was that Daniel Bryan was the undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Championship champion, and I held on to that for as long as I could as before he unfortunately had to vacate the title because of injury. So I very much want to see the same thing minus the injury with this right now, and I want Danielson to be AEW World Champion. So that is what I'm looking forward to the most. That and on Rampage, I want to see Action Bronson. I don't care who wins on the world title match. I just want one time, because this has been a while since this happened, that the world champion, the world champion, defends his title and then loses it in a match and doesn't get hurt. Because this belt, this belt has felt cursed all year. A little bit, yep. So I would like non-cursed uh, action going on. That would be... Super, super great. So I'm looking yeah, forward to I would to appreciate it. that as well. Yeah. Like, Brian Danielson wins, protect him at all costs. No, don't throw him out there every week wrestling. You know, build up to a title match. Let him do the title match. Let him get away. So hopefully he comes out healthy 
But yeah, don't have him in a nothing six man tag where he can do something to himself. Like and I'm like, it's just I mean, protect him. Protect protect the champion. Whoever the champion is, protect him. Wrap him in bubble wrap. You know, have him doing DDP yoga before every event. Just mm-hmm. protect him. But uh pretty much. Yeah. Now uh yeah. so I'm gonna do my finishing stuff, right? Yeah, no, so that's all we have for our preview. We just have a few other headlines to get to right now, so I will pass that off to Floyd for him to do that. All right, full ticket. tickets go on sale uh, Friday, uh, 923. There will most likely be a pre-sale on Thursday the 22nd. Look out for pre-sale codes out there. If you're a Hills member and you listen to the show, they should send you your code to your email. Fightful Select reports AEW Revolution will be at the Cal Palace, San Francisco, California, Late February, early March. I'm very excited. I definitely plan on being there. Uh, legendary wrestling venue, so I'm really looking forward to going to the Cow Palace. And a uh, winner is, uh, Tony Khan said in the interview, winner is coming. He hopes it to be a yearly event in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, which is, for me, my home area, because that's the closest shows come to me. So um, I'm looking forward. I hope that happens. He's like, man, if ratings stay up and stuff stays up in the Dallas area, that it'll keep going there. So he's kind of like he was blackmailing Dallas to keep watching Dynamite so they can get a show. So now I kind of understand why Oklahoma doesn't get in a show because maybe, you know, people don't watch it. But that is all for the news and notes on the show. Um, yeah. All right. So this is where I do my thing. Uh, yeah, it's been a long week. Took in a dog if you didn't hear about that. And God Lord, good Lord. Uh that has been a very interesting change in my life. But uh make sure you are taking care of each other, being nice to each other. Uh this has been Suicide Awareness Month, which you you didn't think that would come up in this last thing, but you know, you know, uh, make sure you're looking out for your people. Ask them how they're doing. And, and you know, if they're just throwing out fine dig a little deeper because maybe you can help somebody. Maybe you can be an ear for someone along the line and help them through their day. I just, you know, I just always think about like, I'll just randomly hit up friends just like, how you doing? And it's like, I don't want anything. Just ask them how they're doing. So I'm just saying as something that you might want to throw out there, people that you don't talk to much, or you maybe used to talk to a lot, but whatever you do, just like Austin on the mic when he's hosting this show. Whatever you do in your life, whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.